Thank you, Pastor, and praise the Lord, everyone. Certainly a tremendous honor, great privilege and joy on my behalf and my wife uh, is with me here today to be back and be in this service. And uh, we've been married right at 35 years now, and, and with both of our sons, today is our youngest son's birthday, and so we've been texting him, happy birthday, he's 25. I said, you're a quarter of a century, son. It's getting old. And uh, so with them gone from the home doing ministry, both of them are licensed ministers, United Pentecostal Church. And um, uh, with that being the case, um, she's able to travel with me a whole lot more than at any other time. And so we're enjoying that and being together. And uh, she's doing a great work for the Lord in her own way. There's been some Sundays where she's been speaking somewhere, I've been speaking somewhere, and both my sons have been speaking somewhere. Those are some precious and treasured moments, and there's nothing that uh, blesses my heart anymore to be here today with my good friend Patrick Harvey, amen, who uh, uh, he, he, he lets me stay in his house. I mean, that's something, you know, years ago when I evangelized, that was common. You just, you rolled into town, met people you never met before in your life, went and lived with them for five weeks. But uh, these days, that's not very common, and so they go stay in their home every year and have a great time of fellowship, and I treasure that and appreciate it so much. And then your pastor, I don't know if you know that, but pastor's already this morning complimented me in two very great ways. I'm not sure he even uh, thought of it in this manner, but, but number one, it's one thing to get invited to a place. It's another thing to get invited back. So I consider that a very great compliment. You want me to come back and say some more stuff? So thank you for that great compliment. And then in the office, he's already given me an offering from the church for preaching. So that told me, well, he must be believing something's going to be all right. He didn't, he didn't wait to the end just to make sure. <laughs> so so I, I took that as a compliment. Amen. He trusted everything's going to be okay. Amen. But uh, we, uh, we've had a great time together. I truly admire you. Uh, your wonderful pastor and family and the leadership team. This is a beautiful, uh, very accommodating uh, church environment, but not just with the building and the colors and the lighting and all this that's so nice, but the flowing of the Spirit of the Lord, the, the music, the elevation of praise, the response of the congregation to that. that that's an atmosphere that is very, uh, very nice to be in. And uh, that's just Pentecost the way I know it and the way my wife and I were raised. You just flow in the Holy Ghost and let God have his way. Uh, today, I'm going to be ministering to you now. We've been in conference for several days, and I'm kind of just in conference mode. But I've been doing something a little different because of some unique things that have happened in my wife and I's life. Uh, been impartation. Impartation is a little different kind of delivery, uh, and today I'm going to be preaching to you, but in the course of it, I want to I do more than preach to you knowledge, revelation, understanding, biblical truths, that'll all be in there, but something that has come into us, I'd like to, for it to release, and for there be an impartation like the apostle said, such as I have give I and and so my purpose is and you'll catch it as we get into it a little later but my purpose and you're wondering well why did he tell us about all that is so that what has come to us might be released upon you and 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 be 
become partakers of the same. So let's start in the book of Mark, chapter number 5, verse number um, verse number 18. Mark chapter 5, verse number 18. And then I'll go back maybe and give some more context. But uh, in, verse, in verse 14, it tells Jesus, uh, when they come to Jesus to see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion, he was sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And then when you drop down to verse 18, it says, when Jesus was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed that he might be with him. So this man is now delivered, released, set free, blessed, and he wants to go with the Lord. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said to him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and have had compassion on thee. Go tell your family and friends the great things the Lord has done for thee. That's what I'm going to do today. Amen. I would like to entitle this for a moment, Hell Damaged, but Heaven Sent. Hell Damaged, but Heaven Sent. Lord, we give you praise and glory for your word, the word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Your word, Lord, that is bread to our hungry souls and water to our thirsty souls. Your word that is our strength, our help, and our hope. And we give you the praise and the glory. Would you give the Lord a great big hand praise while I take my jacket off? <laughs> praise the Lord. And everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This story of this, what we call the demoniac of Gadarenes, is quite an interesting uh, story. And I'm going to back up to Mark uh, chapter 5, verse 1, and just take you down through the biblical uh, account of what happened to this man. They came over to the other side of the sea in Mark 5, 1, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Uh, he was demon-possessed and had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters were broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying, cutting himself with stones. What a mess. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Cried with a loud voice. Hey. Now, I love you, but if this man full of demons, living in a graveyard, crying like a werewolf at night, could worship Jesus, what's holding us back? <laughs> you know what, Pastor, if a demon-possessed man could see Jesus afar off, 
and just run and worship him. There's really nothing holding us back today but ourselves. You can let a hallelujah out, let a praise the Lord go up. Doesn't mean you don't have any battles or problems or troubles or issues, but sometimes you just got to praise the Lord anyhow. Amen. You got to have a hallelujah anyhow. And then something unique happened, crying with a loud voice, said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of David? He no sooner got there worshiping to them demons started talking. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God. Now, that's funny to me. That thou torment me not. For Jesus had said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered and said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And by the time you get to verse number 14, the good stuff's happening. And they came to Jesus, and him that was possessed with the devil and had the Legion is now sitting. He is clothed in his right mind. And this is kind of interesting to me. The Bible said that they were afraid. Now, it never mentions it, I guess. I'm, maybe we're supposed to take it for granted. I don't know. It never takes the time to identify that when he was up there in the graveyard, running around naked with chains, howling at the moon, cutting himself, didn't say nothing about they were afraid. But when they show up and see a man clothed in his right mind, worshiping Jesus suddenly. Hallelujah. I don't think we need to be afraid of what the Lord can do in our life. I'm not afraid of the influence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It might make me shout and talk in tongues and praise the Lord and get on my feet once in a while and, amen, dance in the spirit, but, but that's far better than crying in the tombs. Hell damaged. Hell damaged. But heaven sent. Now, when I'm speaking of hell here, I'm not talking about hell in its eternal sense. The, the context of hell as eternal and final punishment of the wicked. A lot of times when we think about hell, that's where our mind goes. And, and of course, there's uh, much we could talk about in the context of hell and its eternal uh, punishment for the wicked. The horrors of eternal punishment and being in hell without remedy, without recourse, without the possibility of release is something that weighs heavily upon our minds. And it is something we should pause from time to time and be reminded of. I don't think we have to just be in constant torment of the idea, but I think it's good to keep in mind that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. The very idea that the eternal, eternal life without God, that the Bible calls eternal death, the second death, eternal damnation, to have come through the white throne judgment and stand before the fiery eyes of a righteous judge and to be weighed in the balance and found wanting and to be cast into that eternal lake of fire is one of the possibilities handed out at that final judgment. And it is a frightening possibility. And we don't like to think much about those fearful kind of things, but it's so important that the apostle Jude said in his writing of Jude 1.22, of some have compassion, making a difference. Others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire 
hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So maybe for some, all we have to do is tell them, there's a, there's a great big God that loves you. He went to Calvary and shed his blood. He'll release you loose and set you free. There's a wonderful place called heaven, a city where the lamb is the light. And if you love the Lord, he's going to take you there. And that's just enough. The love story will, will capture them and pull them in. And they'll seek that glorious Lord that died for them. But maybe others, the Bible says, you might have to let them know that there is another option. And maybe the Bible says to everything there's a season. And I know through the seasons that I've lived for God in my many years of living for the Lord. And sometimes maybe it's the, it's the hope of heaven that's kept me marching on. And other times maybe it was being reminded I better do right. <laughs> because I don't want to go to that other place. <laughs> Amen. You think global warming is a problem. That's a whole nother level. And maybe sometimes it's just being reminded that I better walk right here because I want to be saved. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost forever without God. I don't want to find myself in that eternal place of punishment without remedy and without hope. Lest it gets a little too heavy in the house this morning, I'll kind of lighten it up a little bit here. A surface observation of the rock music culture, of which I don't pay any attention to these days, but... They, they, they tell us that there's a highway to hell and a stairway to heaven. Yes, that kind of gives you an idea of what kind of crowds they're expecting. <laughs> Amen. If there's a highway to hell, just a stairway to heaven. But I got my mind made up. I'd like to get on that stairway. Hallelujah. I, I want to make my home in that city where the Lamb is the light. I'm... I'm really not speaking in that context of hell today. The, the, the context of hell that I am speaking on is, is the tormenting aspect of hell. The demonic forces of hell. Many people have lived through hell on this earth. They've gone through hellish type situations and circumstances. The demoniac in our story was severely damaged by the demonic forces of hell. And uh, the woman caught in adultery who was carried out and laid at the very feet of Jesus, publicly humiliated, socially scarred, is another example of what happens when hell gets a hold of a life. It becomes a hell-damaged life. Hell inflicts its pain through attacks and temptations and demonic spirits. Spirits of fear cause many to be damaged with anxieties, paranoias. Fears that come in the night. People can't sleep in the dark. The fear, fear of dying, fear of getting a disease, fear of being murdered, fear of being in a car accident. Just, just, just paranoia is coming, and most of them are never realized, but they are very real fears that bring anxiety to them. And God has not given us the spirit of fear. If you're struggling with something like that, find an altar and pray till you get some deliverance. It's not God's will to live in paranoia, fears. Spirits of bondage that afflict pain and bring addictions. And, you know, addictions and bondage are things people would like to be free from, but they just don't have the power. They can't make themselves stop doing it. It's a form of bondage and addiction, and that brings a hopelessness and a despair. Spirits of heaviness that bring depression and sadness. Thousands of people dealing with this. Spirit of heaviness comes on a person's life, and just life itself seems too hard. 
just getting up in the morning and getting dressed and going to work and, and just raising the family and just taking care of the household things, just, just living life seems too hard. It's an uphill battle. It's so difficult. It's not supposed to feel that difficult. Life's really not that hard to live. We all have our problems, but come on, it's just really not supposed to be the impossible task every day. That's a spirit of heaviness. That is, that is hell bringing its affliction and bringing its damage. Of course, spirits of infirmity that cause pain through sickness, diseases, and weakness upon us. The landscape of life is populated with those who are damaged emotionally, damaged physically, damaged mentally by hell's wrath and evil deceptions. Hell-damaged lives include those who have been harmed by divorce, harmed by drugs, alcohol, destructive, sinful habits, falling into lying and thieving and deceiving and adultery and greed and fear and murder and violence and every imagination of evil that hell dishes out. And it's a, it's a hell storm out there. I said, come on, if we admit it, it's a hailstorm out there. you got to go out into this world, and it's a barrage from media and politicians and, 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 and culture and educational system. It's coming in every direction. That's why the Bible encourages us to put on the whole armor of God. We're going to walk into this hailstorm of life. We have to have the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness, that, that shield of faith to protect us. But the timeless beauty of the story that I have told you today with all of its damage and destruction and hellishness and all the other parts we could think of is the Bible said in one verse, it said, they found him clothed and in his right mind. That, that's the beauty of the story. That, that no matter how damaged, <laughs> no matter how, how much hell has done its work, but where sin abounds, grace the much more. No matter, no matter what hell has done to anybody, this man had legions of devils. He was a mess. He was crazy. He was a look. They couldn't even bind him with chains. He was trying to kill himself. He lived in a graveyard. He was a he was an extreme, exaggerated case of all that hell could do to a person's life. But when it came in contact with Jesus, the next thing you see is he's clothed. The Lord will the Lord will dress you up. He's in his right mind. He's worshiping the Lord. Hey, that's some of us here today. I remember a time when I was that wild man in the world. And I walked into the Apostolic Lighthouse in 1984. I had hair down to my shoulders, been wearing a bandana around my forehead, all kinds of addictions to drugs and alcohol and cigarettes and the whole nine yards. Coming out of the rock concerts, my brain was in a fog. I had gotten a little bit of Eastern religion and that there was no such thing as evil, but the further you went from God, you became uh, more insane until you ceased to exist. It was just just craziness. But, but, but just a little while, they were singing, there's power in the blood and next thing you know I was clothed and in my right mind hallelujah aren't you glad you're in your right mind today aren't you glad you come clothed to the house of the Lord clothed with righteousness clothed with holiness clothed with the, the worship and praise the garment of praise is upon us today amen and then the next 
powerful part of this story is the man gets so excited, been living in the tombs and the graveyard and the night and all this, that now that he's fixed and healed and in his right mind and Jesus now is boarding the boat to go to the next place, he wants to, he wants to join the team. He, he wants to, he's ready, let's go, I'm going with you, Lord. The Lord says, no, here's what I want you to do. Now to some, he said, come follow me, but he said, no, I've got another assignment for you. I, I, I want you to go home. I want you to go to your friends. I want you to go back from this place. And everyone that heard you howling in the night, everyone that, that heard and saw you, I want them to see you now in the condition you're in. He said, you go tell them what the good Lord has done for you. Tell them how I've had compassion in your life. Go tell them how, how I have turned the hell damage into a blessing of God in your life. Basically what he did, brother, was he took this hell damaged individual and said, now I'm going to send you out. Hell damage became heaven sent. He said, you were hell damaged, but now you're heaven's ambassador. Now you're sent of God to be a light shining in the darkness, to be the salt of the earth, to tell somebody, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He healed my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm now sent to tell my story of the goodness of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a great big hand praise right here. Woo! I've got, a, I've got a different kind of story I want to tell you today. I've been sent. I was hell damaged myself. But now I'm heaven sent. Now i got a story to tell. i got lots of stories. I'm going to tell you one that just happened. It's a, it's a story about some hell damage. Now that's not the southern way to say hell. Hail damage. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the southern way to say hell. I'm talking about I'm talking about the hail that falls out of the sky, the, the, the golf ball size ice. Hail damage. <laughs> There's a storm out there, but you know God can take these storms and turn them into blessings for His people. How many knows that? How many knows that God can take everything the devil means for harm and turn it into good? He can take everything that's meant to bring destruction and turn it into a blessing when it gets in the hands of the Almighty God. My wife and I, our vehicles were getting up in age and years, 2006s and, and uh, 150, 180,000 miles long. As a matter of fact, they were getting to the place I didn't trust them. I traveled for a living, put 175,000, 178,000 miles in the air last year. My wife, 75,000 on her own. And then in between time traveling in vehicles, we were, we were renting vehicles, just renting everywhere. As a matter of fact, I'm platinum with Enterprise and with uh, Hertz because uh, just renting vehicles all the time because I didn't trust ours to make the journey. And my wife has a morning prayer call. She now has about 92 uh, ministry ladies, pastors' wives, missionaries' wives, evangelists' wives, pray with her every morning on the phone on a conference call from 6 to 7. They do it five days a week, been doing it for two years. <laughs> Let me tell you what, prayer, prayer make a difference. Prayer gets something going. When nothing's happening, prayer gets something happening. Prayer, prayer can bring something down out of the heavenly world. Hallelujah. Turn, turn your wilderness into an oasis. God spoke to me on December the 24th, Christmas Eve morning, 
so strong and so powerful. He said, your wilderness season is over. He said, you are getting ready to step into a new season. The dry spell's done. I've come to prophesy to the church today, Pastor. I'm prophesying to you. I'm prophesying to the church. You need to get ready to think different because the wilderness season is over. You need to get ready for the blessing. You need to get ready for the river flowing. You need to get ready for the rainfalls of God's blessing. To everything, there's a season. I'm here to declare by prophecy, there's a new season being released. It's a season of goodness. It's a season of overflow. Hallelujah. And one of those ladies on that prayer call prophesied to my wife, said, said God's going to give you a new vehicle. Said, and this was last year, so it's going to come by the end of the year. And uh, I didn't know it. I found this out later, a little connection I'm going to make here. So, so we were holding on to that prophecy, believing in that word of God. We didn't know how it was going to happen, didn't know how it was going to take place. I had another man, good friend of mine, good friend of mine, Brother Marcelli in Louisiana. I was sitting with him one day. He said, Clondence, got a deep voice, said, Clondence. So I felt like the Lord showed me God's going to give you a vehicle. And he said, I like black vehicles, but I feel like the Lord showed me. I think I saw the vehicle. It's going to be a white vehicle. So we started holding on. He said, let the Lord, let God be God. Let the Lord be God. <laughs> so be it. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know how all that's going to take place, but, but we're holding on to these prophecies. It's something my wife and I learned a long time ago. You want to know how to get these prophecies to come to pass? When you receive them, you don't just sit on them. You, you, you pray about them. You talk about them. You tell them. You hold on to them, and you sow toward them. So because of it, and this is not the first time we did it, but if you have that picture of our Kia van up there, the brown van sitting in our, sitting in our parking lot uh, at our house, this is our van, 140000 Now, we've kept it nice. We've maintenanced it regular, kept it washed, kept it clean. You get in it. Every time we take it to the, to the, to the maintenance place, they say, man, this thing's in great shape. And God got to dealing with us about a family in our local church there where we attend Souls Harbor. Uh, we, we noticed them, and their vehicle was really, really in bad shape, and the tires were bad, and everything. The air conditioning didn't work, and it's hot in Florida. And, and God dealt with my wife and said, uh, I came home from a meeting. She said, I feel like the Lord's been dealing with me. We need to sew that van. We need to give our van away. Now, you understand, we're in need of a vehicle. Now, she's saying give away the ones we got. But, you know, I just have enough trust in her and enough trust in the Lord. I said, if that's what you feel, I feel good about it. Let's do it. So we took that van, and my wife went up there. Do you have that video? Play us that. It's a 21-second video. This is my wife taking the van over. She's telling them right now. What? That's their expression. Are you serious? <laughs> Watch the little boy. You know what? He said, yeah. So we took that van down there, signed the title over to him. I think there's a picture of him standing outside. There they are. Now, there is a husband here. He's off working. <laughs> He's out trying to make a living. He's at work. He don't know none of this is going on. Let my wife go down there through the day. Amen. And he's a good man and working hard and supporting his family. And when he got home that day, they had him a new vehicle sitting out there. Amen. And we sowed that into there and to that family. That's what we had to give and that's what we gave. Hallelujah. Woo. We went on. 
that was in the month of August. We went on, just did the work of the Lord, kept believing. I think we got another prophecy. So a few people heard that we had gave our van away. They, they really got to prophesying once they heard that. God's going to bless you. Amen. It got all the way to the end of the year. A pastor called me, said, are you, are you scheduled December the 28th, I believe it was. I said, no, I happen to have off. December's a rough time for evangelists. I did a missions trip, didn't get any money. The next week I was off December the 21st or 2nd, whatever it was. And, and so when he called and said, can you come up? I said, man, I'm happy to come. I feel the will of God to go anywhere. He said, well, I want you to, want you to bring your wife. He said, we're going we're to bless you when you get here. Family in our church wants to be a blessing to you. Well, I like the sound of that. But I didn't know what it meant. I got up there to that church, preached my message, did the altar call. Pastor brought my wife and I up on the platform and said, we appreciate you. There's a family here in our church that, that uh, God put something in their heart. They want to be a blessing to you and your wife. And they put, but that one shows it up on the screen, up on the screen. This come up on the screen. And I got to looking up there and I, I looked at that brother. I said, is that Alexis? All right. He said, it's a 2019 Lexus. 460. Go to the next picture on that and show they gave us this vehicle in December the 28th up in Michigan right there. Put the one of my wife and I standing beside it. So the last picture showed that family standing beside the one we gave. This is my wife and I standing beside the Lexus 460, 14,000 miles on it. Got every kind of bell and whistle. You'll pardon me if I'm happy about it. Hey, the Lord, the Lord said, go tell them the good things that the Lord has done for you. Go tell them of the compassion of the Lord. I appreciate you rejoicing with us over our, over our blessing. Now, remember what I told you when I started out. I want to tell you what happened to us because I want to release it on you. Amen. I want you to see what the Lord has done for us because I come with an impartation. I've come prophesying blessing on everybody. Now, let me tell you what made this possible. You got that picture with the circles around the hail damage. In the month of August, when we were giving away the van to the people in Florida, there was a hailstorm in Michigan and put some hail damage on the hood of this vehicle. And up on the roof and all around. It's pretty severe. So the man that owned it, pretty wealthy fellow, you know, they got money. And, and uh, he didn't want to have to have all that. So he said, I just turned it in, got the insurance money off the damage. And he said, I sat down, was just going to send it off to auction. Just going to unload it at auction. Said, I do that a lot. Just send them off to auction, whatever they get. Said, I pulled the paperwork up out of the drawer. Was sitting there getting ready to sign it. He said, a fog came over my mind. I couldn't think straight. I was trying to figure out how to fill the paperwork out. I thought, boy, this is strange. What's happening to me? He, he laid the pen down and leaned back. And the Lord said, don't send it off to auction. I want you to use it as a blessing. You're going to like this. I want you to give it to Sister Kleinitz. That's what God told the man. Give it to Sister Kleinitz. She takes Brother Kleinitz to the airport every week. We have about a 90-mile drive to the airport week in and week out. And it began to occur to the man. I want her to have comfortable, reliable transportation every week. So don't send it off to auction and just get rid of it, but turn it into a blessing. I'm going to take the hail-damaged vehicle 
and I'm going to turn it into a blessing to a couple and to a family. Somebody shout praise the Lord. If I'm making you nervous, isn't it funny how we get nervous when we start seeing what the Lord has done? If I'm making you nervous about all this blessing stuff, you just got to hold on because it's going to get worse from here. So, so we're driving home now. They didn't, they didn't give me an offering. All they gave me was a Lexus. And you'd have to be, a, you'd have to be an evangelist to understand this. But we're driving home in the Lexus, but I don't have any money. <laughs> that, that, that's above my living standard right there. If I had that kind of money, I wouldn't have bought that with it. So we're driving home, and I'm telling my wife, I said, I don't know if you know it or not, but we got a little problem. I said, when we get home to Florida, we got to put tags and title on this thing, and they're going to want taxes. And I said, I'm not sure we're going to be able to drum all that up. And I was sending out texts to my friends and showing them pictures, and we were all excited and exuberant. And one of my buddies called me up and said, hey, uh, that's a great blessing. I said, well, we're rejoicing. I'm driving in it right now. He said, well, when you get to Florida, aren't you going to have to pay sales tax? I said, yeah, we've been thinking about that. <laughs> People don't understand what we've been through. <laughs> he, said, he said, well, I want in on your blessing. I said, what do you mean? He said, I want to be a part of this. This is a blessing from God, and I want to be a part of your blessing. I said, I don't understand. I thought he was wanting me to loan it to him for a week. He said, no. He said, I want to pay your sales tax. Find out what it is. I'm going to take care of your sales tax. We added it up. Thought on the low side it would probably be about $2,000. I'm still driving home. He said, meet me in Pensacola for dinner. We went to, we're on our way to the house. We meet in Pensacola. We eat a dinner, and he slides a check across the table for $2,000. He said, now, if it's less than that or whatever, you just keep it. The Lord told me to give this to you. I, I don't know if y'all ready for this on Sunday morning. We, we, got, we got over to the DMV and went through the whole process and found out that when somebody, they gave me a letter of donation, the hail damage and all that, said since it was a gift, you don't owe any sales tax. It cost me $156 to put tags on it. So then the hail damage had put a, you can go back to one of the good pictures of it, the hail damage had put a put a, a ding in the windshield and a little crack about six inches long on the left side. But when I got out of the cold weather and got into the heat of Florida, that crack started crawling across the windshield. So it was clear over in the driver's side. So I said, well, we're going to have to get a windshield in this. So we called and found out about a windshield and found one we could get for about uh, $400. And so we was talking about getting a windshield. And my wife just mentioned it to somebody she's talking to. Yeah, yeah man, we're going to fix it up. We're getting a new windshield in it. And then he said, what? You got to put a windshield? She said, yeah. Well, how much is that? About $400. said, I want in on your blessing. That lady sent my wife by Apple pay $500. So when we put the new windshield in, the new windshield was paid for. Hang on to your seats. I was telling all this to a friend of mine. He said, my God, Klein, this next thing you tell me, somebody going to buy you gas for a year. Well, I preached about it at Souls Harbor, the church where we attend there over the, over the New Year's. 
on that Sunday, I was preaching, telling all these stories. We we're all going crazy. And I, and I said, you know, one of my buddies told me, next thing you know, Clyndon, somebody going to give you gas for a year. Man walked up to me after service, said I was sitting there thinking, man, I, I'd like in on this. I'd, I'd like to be a blessing. I've been thinking about blessing you anyhow for months and months. But now, and I said, Lord, what, what could I do? What, how could I? And the Lord said, well, you've got a BP card in your pocket. Why don't you take care of that? gas for the preacher and then he said brother Kleinitz literally the next statement out of your mouth was somebody said somebody gonna give you a year's worth of gas so I'm taking it as a sign from God he texted us this morning giving the, the gas card to somebody in the church to give to us when we get back I've got gas for a year he said up to 300 a month gas for a year let, let me tell you what I've learned about God you can be in the wilderness a long time 400 years Egypt spent, or Israel spent in Egypt. They came out in one day. You can wait a long time, but when it starts moving, it starts happening fast. It starts unfolding. Amen. When the heavens open up and God gets the blessing, God can turn things around so fast. You can be sick for years, be healed in 30 seconds. You can have addictions for years, be set free in 30 seconds. You can rent vehicles forever and then God give you one in one day. Come on, somebody. Now, I guess you figured out I did pretty good in the transaction. That vehicle I gave away is probably about six or $7,000. I found the sticker that was inside that one. It was 57000 Plus, then he put a hitch and stuff on it. It was out the door at sixty-one. I did pretty good on my, a little pretty good on my seed I sowed. Hallelujah. Watch this. So we we go over on the Sunday morning. We get the vehicle on Sunday morning, go Monday morning over to the DMV in Michigan before we ever left going home. And we got a temporary tag so we could drive home. Got that temporary tag. I'm driving out of town. That businessman, he owns a paving company. Businessman. He said, Brother Collins, I got to tell you this before you leave town. I said, what's up? He said, you know, we're closed today because it's the holiday weekend. And he said, but with the closed sign on the door, said one of my uh, ladies, one of the staff members had to go in, do some work, tidy some things up. She's there about 30 minutes. said, would you believe two business people from the uh, community stopped by, knocked on our closed door, saw her car there, and handed checks and said, look, we need to spend some money by the end of the year. So here's a check. Give it, give it to Mr. Patrick and tell him we'll get with him for the business we need. He said, Brother Kleindens, with my business closed, before noontime today, I've got more money laying on my desk than I paid for that car you're driving right now. He said, I've been in business 20 years, ain't that, and it never happened before. I got a feeling when God gets ready to move, you can't stop it. I said, once, now watch, I appreciate you rejoicing in all this. This is our blessing, I rejoice. Let me tell you, the Bible said rejoice with them that rejoice. And let, let me tell you the significance of it. Amen. I wear glasses. I go outside. I get one drop of water falls on my glasses. Just one. You know what I do? Be driving down the road. Could be sunshine or whatever. Not, don't, didn't notice any clouds. Couple, two or three drops drop on your windshield. What do you do? Why do we do that? Because we know the chance that one single drop 
You're going to fall out of the skies pretty slim. We know when one falls, uh-oh, it's getting ready to rain. Oh, it's starting. Can I tell somebody you need to? It's starting now when somebody in this church gets a raise. Don't get discouraged. Go. Uh-oh. When somebody in this church gets blessed. Something's starting. It's getting ready to rain. When somebody here gets a promotion. Uh, here they come. It's getting ready to happen. When you hear somebody got a blessing, uh, rejoice with those that rejoice. Uh, when their backslidden son prays through. Uh-oh. Here it comes. When they get healed and their doctor report gets turned around, you need to go, this is it. It's on now. The blessings are starting. I think I hear the sound. Well, well just because one person got healed, but the, but the servant of the man of God said, it's just a cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, it ain't what I see, it's what I hear. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Pastor, I've come to tell you, it may just be a trickle right now. Maybe you're just hearing the thundering. I brought a little thundering from Florida over here for you. A little thundering off in the distance. You saw the lightning flash over there. But I'm telling you, there's a storm of the blessings of God, the anointing of the Lord. I want to hurry to a close, make my, make my final connection here. But... The lady prophesied to us. I didn't find this out till later. The lady that prophesied to my wife, God's going to give you a vehicle by the end of the year, was the one that we gave our vehicle to. She knew that, but I didn't know that. But she said that last year. That was back in 2018 going into 2019. So the end of the year came and went, and it didn't happen. So we didn't know the answer to that. She didn't know. She, I thought I heard from God. We didn't know. We're holding on even now. You know, just kind of let it out there. Then this year, by the end of the year, so when I, when I got into the paperwork, the man gave me for the vehicle, I discovered something kind of interesting. He first bought the vehicle for his daughter in December of last year. And then gave it to us in December of this year. So when she said, the Lord going to give you a vehicle, the Lord went ahead and put it in the man's heart to go buy it. Now, what we didn't know, it's already been bought. It's already paid for. It's up in Michigan. We saw the time come and go and didn't understand. The Lord said, I got it. Then come the month of August. We sold our vehicle. Same month, God sent a hailstorm. <laughs> and then he delivered it to us December of this year. So what looked like a prophecy that didn't come to pass actually got fulfilled twice. God did it at the end of two years. I don't know what kind of prophecies you're holding on to that look like, well, I guess that didn't happen. I guess that didn't. You better just hold on and wait till God fills in the rest of the story. God may have a way of bringing that to pass. So you'll say, well, I didn't think of it like that. I had never crossed my mind that it could happen like that. What? Well, God's got a sense of humor. I may have delayed my own blessing as far as I know. Might have been my own fault. You know, you got to be careful what you say. You can, you can delay your own blessings. 
I've been, I've been preaching a message around for years, doorways to the supernatural. Out of the scripture, God will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And, you know, I, I understand that the weightier matters of God have nothing to do with money and blessing and things and stuff like that. This is, this is add-on stuff. This is seek you first the kingdom and then all these things added. This is just add-on. This is not the, the meat. This is not really, this really not the, the real weight of what the kingdom is. This is French benefits. <laughs> Amen. And so in preaching that, I've said, now look, when you delight yourself in the Lord, that don't mean you make some kind of to-do list up. And this is what I said. My wife's heard me say this dozens of times. You, you don't say, now, Lord, I want a Louis Vuitton and a house by the lake and a Lexus. And I've told people all over the country, don't ask God for a Lexus. That's ridiculous. You don't need all that. Just let God be God. I never in my lifetime have asked God for a Lexus. Accidentally preached against it. <laughs> Didn't mean to, but you, you ain't going to hear me saying that no more. Now, now, I have lived by this philosophy. When I've needed a vehicle, I've never told God what kind I needed. If I needed a house, I wouldn't tell God what kind of house or where. You got a need, tell the Lord this is my need and let God decide. I've never been disappointed in God's provision. Let him do whatever he wants to do. Who knows? God may want to bless you with more than you were even asking for. I wouldn't ask for that, but I let God decide. Hallelujah. I think we ought to stand to our feet and give God some high praise all over the house. Your wilderness season is over. I've come to prophesy your wilderness season is over. To everything, there's a season. Brother Huntley prophesied over at the conference. He said 2020 is going to be a time of plenty. It's going to be a plentiful harvest. I believe our churches are going to see people being saved. I believe we're going to give. I don't know if you noticed it, but every level of the blessing has seemed to increase. When I, so, so it went from me giving away the few thousand dollar van to fifty, sixty thousand dollar vehicle. The man got more than that back that, that gave it to us the very next day. I preached this sermon at the church at Souls Harbor Sunday night. $216,000 came into the church building fund. One man in the church gave a check for $100,000. That very night wrote a check for $100,000. Amen. Start saying, let's, let's build a church. Let's start giving. It looked to me like at every stage it just keeps. And Mama, Mama Varnum, the mama of the church ain't got home yet. She's going to come home and ask for a million. I know her. She said, 100000 ain't going to build no church. We're going to need a million just to get started, just to, just to get to turn some dirt over. Hallelujah. She's going to come home. And I'm telling you that I feel like the Lord has put it in my heart. You may not be able to do these big things, but you can do something. We were riding home. The only money that I had was when I went to the, uh, let our musicians come up here and get in place. I am wrapping up. You know, I had a $100 bill in my little wallet that I carry here. The bishop of the church had given it to me on the, in the Christmas um, program. Sitting beside him, gave me and my wife $100 each. Said, I just want to give you a little something. No, you're not preaching right now. So I had that folded up. We stopped at a subway, a pilot. I put the gas on the credit card. Went into the subway, and we saw a little family there, a husband and his wife, and, and a little baby. And you could just tell by the way they behaved and their dress, they, 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 didn't, they didn't have a lot of money to spare. And, and I got to noticing that and feeling the blessing of the Lord. And I didn't have much money, but I mean, I, I was riding pretty good. 
And I said, baby, I, I kind of feel like maybe blessing that couple back there with our that $100. She said, I thought the same thing. I said, well, let's do it. I went over there and handed that man 100 I said, you know, normally we do this around Christmas time. I said, but, but, but I want to do it now. And he, he, he was thankful, but he didn't know what to say. But evidently the wife had some background. She went to praise of Jesus. She understood what was happening. She understood that the Lord done spoke to somebody to be a blessing to them. Listen, folks, I'm trying to teach you how miracles work here today. I'm taking time to give you the steps so you'll be able to fit it in somewhere in your life. We've got to get away from expecting magic. It's a miracle. It's not magic. God does miracles, not magic. Now, now, now miracles, miracles are powerful and, and all that stuff, and they're magical. But it's not magic. He said, give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall God cause men to give into your bosom? God, I'll put it in somebody's heart. Do you realize you could be the answer to somebody's prayer? You, that, that couple right there, I guarantee you, they went out giving God the glory because of what God put in my heart to give to them. By the way, I got on down to Louisiana to visit my brother Marcelli so I could show him my white vehicle he prophesied about. I was getting ready to leave. He said, hey, Klein dudes, I preached last night. hadn't had a chance to pay my tithes yet. And he reached over and handed me a $100 bill. I can't seem to give it away. Every time I give it away, it comes back. Hey, man, gave that $100 bill away. Got to church Sunday night, and a man walked up and handed me $200. I gave that away over at the conference. When you get to sowing, it's like a domino effect. And what would happen in the body of Christ all over America if we just got to letting God speak to us and we were a blessing here and a blessing there and we started ticking over some dominoes and it started growing. And every time I get blessed, I'd be a blessing out of my blessing. I'm going to tell you something. And, and, and pastor can straighten you out. Oh, I, I've got to quit. I didn't realize how long I took. Yeah, play some music. Amen. Pastor straighten this out, but I believe one, one of the purposes of giving, as a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. One of the purposes is you give and sow with expectation of reaping. And so you sow a vehicle, reap a vehicle. We've sown, actually that was the fourth one that we've given away in our lifetime, five. Fifth one we've given away. First one way back in the 90s. So it took a while for it to come back, but it all come back at once. But watch this. I took a friend of mine with me to Malaysia in December, another evangelist. Because of I travel so much, I've always invested in expensive luggage. I have Toomey luggage, top-of-the-line luggage. It's expensive. But when you travel, you got to have good luggage or they just tear everything up. But my buddy with me, he come in there. He had some little ugly red rollerboard. He had a green or a blue backpack with a strap broke on it. He had another one, I think, that was green. Looked like a multicolored mess. He was admiring, man, Kleinus, all your luggage matches and everything. Of course, I am a little OCD, but he said, everything matches. That's so beautiful. I said, well, let's go get you something. So we went out to the mall, and I just found some cheap American tourists. I said, this will get you home. But once you get home, we're going to believe God. By the time we got home, I remembered it back in my closet back there. I've got a nice Toomey rollerboard and a backpack that's brown and matches and looks beautiful. Lord got to dealing with me. You're in a blessing season. Why don't you also be in a be a blessing season? My wife and I boxed it up, sent it over to his house. His wife just got it yesterday. Done called him on the phone. Hey, man, he said, next trip I go on, I'm taking all my luggage whether I need it or not. 
So I gave, that's probably about $900 or $1,000 worth of luggage that I sent to him. He's going to be happy and blessed. I had another piece that I bought off of eBay for $300. Didn't match my new, my new style that I bought, but it was close. Well, it got a zipper ripped out of the seam. And so my wife sent it back to Toomey for their 10-year warranty. They informed us that they can't fix it and that that version is no longer being made. And if it was okay with me, they just send me the biggest one of the new pattern, which matches what I have already. It came, I've got it with me on this trip. It came right before here. It showed up with a $1,400 price tag on it. I, I, I was hell damaged. I come out of the world. Drugs and alcohol, cigarettes, foul mouth, running the streets. I was hell damaged. But the Lord just sent me to tell you. Go tell them what I did in your life. Go tell them how I set you free. Go tell them how you're in your right mind now. I said I'm in my right mind now. This is my final story. And this is the altar call. God took that hell, hail, damaged vehicle that was about to say, ah, it ain't worth it anymore. Lost its value. Just discount it off at auction. Just get rid of it. God said, no, don't discount it off. Give it to me. And I'm going to send it out as a blessing. Oh, I'm getting, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there's so much I'm forgetting about stuff. Yep, you're going to like that one. Hey, man, forgot about that. So, yeah, let me tell that first before I get my altar. Because this, I get on into the altar call. Okay, so I'm riding home. And I called my pastor there at the church at Souls Harbor. And he had, I had sent him pictures. He said, call me. Tell me all about it. So I'm telling pastor all about it. And he said, I know someone can fix your dentist. Oh, you missed it. I told pastor, I've got some hell damaged. He said, don't worry about that. I know someone can fix your dent. That's why you always ought to come to the house of God with all your damage. Pastor knows someone can fix your dent. I said, the church got some connections. We know some people. We got a connection with a man up in the sky. He can fix your dents. You know, this is getting pretty bad when you're forgetting about $1,000 blessings. I got so many blessings, I'm forgetting some of them now. He said, press down, shaking together. So, so I'm up telling the story here at the conference since I've been here. And I told about pastor can fix your dents. And I got to talk to my brother Foster and brother Hunting, and they were telling all about it. And, I, and I, we went out, and I was showing them the dents. And I said, I got a guy coming Monday morning, going to fix the dents. Brother Foster said, I want in on your blessing. I said, what you got in mind? See, I'm, in, I'm on now, so what you got in mind? He said, I want to fix those dents. The bishops don't pay him to fix my dents. He gave me a check over at the conference, said, here's $1,000. Take it home and pay the man to fix it. God, let me get the altar call going, my God. So God said, give me that hail damage. And I'll, I'll bless it. I'll repair it. I'll fix it. 
and I'll turn it into a blessing. That little Lexus that could have just went to the auction and auctioned off without value is going to be on screens of churches all over this fellowship giving God the glory. And when, when life wanted to tell you, it's a parable, life wanted to tell you, you're too damaged. You've lost your value. Oh, you, you had gifts. You, you could have done some stuff, but now, now hell's done messed you up. God said, no, just give yourself to me. I'll bless you. I'll fix your damage, and I'll give you as a gift to this old world. I'll send you out as an ambassador of Christ. So if you're in this house, and you've had some hell damage, you've been messed up some kind of way, life's done beat you down, you're dealing with any of that kind of stuff, fears or torments or heaviness or depression or anxiety, just anything, in spirits of infirmity, your family's been hit. I'm telling you, we're in a new season. We're out of the wilderness. I'm in my right mind now. I want you to step out. I want you to walk down to this altar. Come and lift your hand to the Lord and say, I may have been hell damaged, but I'm about to be heaven sent. I'm about to be an ambassador. God's going to use me for his glory. I'm going to be a blessing to someone. I'm going to pray for them and they're going to pray for me. I'm going to give. I'm going to be a blessing. God may be dealing with somebody here today to meet a need in this church. I got to tell this just before we start praying. Keep it on idle. Keep it moving. So I've been telling these stories. Pastor Harvey had a pretty sizable need with the conference over there. Hallelujah. We took up offering as much as we could, but there was still quite a, quite a deficiency. One of the men, I don't know if it was a pastor, might have been a pastor, found out about the deficiency. It was quite a few thousands. I think it was six, seven thousand dollars. Found out about it. Went to Pastor Harvey. Said, the Lord's put it in my heart. Take care of the problem. It's been prophesied to me by an elder in our movement. You go from church to church and tell this story. And God's going to put it in the hearts of people. And they're going to bless their church. They're going to bless that local assembly. They're going to give into the kingdom. And when they give, then God's going to bless them more. And when, when they get blessed more, they're going to give some more. Hallelujah. And by the way, you don't always have to give to, to poverty. You can bless people that are blessed. Good place to put your seeds in the church. If the church didn't have a bill, if it was all paid off, you still won't sow your seed in the church because the church still be. My wife and I were in a little Mexican restaurant in December. And just as we were going in, I held the door for a little older lady, silver hair. She came in. I told my wife, it kind of reminded me of my mother. She went over and sat on the other side by herself. My stepdad's gone. My mother's by herself. I got sitting there a little while, and I thought, you know, she's probably lonely. And I want to be a blessing. I called the waiter. I said, listen, don't tell that lady. We don't know her. I said, but just bring her tab over to us. We want to take care of her tab. So they brought it over. It was like $11 or something like that, and we paid for a bill. And we went outside. We went out and got in our vehicle. She came out behind us, went and got in hers. She went over and got in a little Mercedes convertible. Brown leather seat, he probably cost a hundred and something thousand dollars. We pulled out behind her. I said, look at that baby. She can probably buy and sell us over. Amen. I said, but I'm glad I blessed her. Because I didn't just bless her because I thought maybe she needed money. But I thought maybe she was lonely. And I wanted her to know that there's a God up in heaven 
that cares about how you feel. And maybe if I bless somebody's mother, somebody will bless my mother up in Missouri. Maybe if I pray for someone's prodigal son, God will send somebody to pray for my prodigal son. Maybe if I can sow and do be a blessing, then God can bring a blessing. And if you need God to deliver you and loose you and heal you and minister to you, I want you to lift your hands up in the air today. Because such as I have, I've come with apostolic authority to release a miracle. I release a miracle to you right now. I release a miracle of healing. I release a miracle of deliverance. God's going to give you a new mind. I'm in my right mind now. I'm in my right mind now. God's going to give you a new mind. He's going to break the stronghold of hope. The stronghold of desperation. Come on. Turn your desperation into celebration. Shake off those heavy bags. God's going to help me. a miracle of healing and blessing upon my brother today. I speak in the name of Jesus over him. Heal him. Bless him. Such as I have, I give. When no one knows, the Lord knows. There's a God up in heaven. He's going to be a blessing. The church is going to be a blessing. The people of God are going to be a blessing. Others abandon you, but we won't abandon you. Others use you, but we won't use you. They hurt you, but we're not going to hurt you. You're out of the wilderness.
Called it a plenty. So I like that. I'll use that. Out of the wilderness, 
into the season of plenty. And that can be defined in all kinds of ways. The season of plenty, overflow, more than enough. You know, God can do so many kind of miracles. When I was in Malaysia, December, I've been traveling 30 years all over the world. My buddy Nick was with me. We got the luggage for it. Last Tuesday night service, had to rush up to the hotel room. Had a 2 a.m. flight to get back to America. Going to get home by the 18th. I want to get home for Christmas. My boys were coming in with their wives. I got to the room, got my shower, started getting myself together, went in my backpack. My passport wasn't there. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've never lost a passport. As I got looking through all the, cu- all the cubby holes of my backpack, not there. Tore my suitcases apart, not there. Went through every pocket, pants, shirt, jacket, not there. I carry a little travel flashlight with me. I'm down on the floor. I'm around the corners of the room, behind the curtains. We went in between the mattresses. We're behind everything. We tore the couch apart. Can't find it. Finally, I just sent Nick. I said, Nick, you got to go to the airport. We called the airlines. It was going to cost me $4,800 to get home just one day later. International flight. Buy a ticket for tomorrow night. Had to go to the embassy to get a passport. I had preached not this message because this hadn't happened yet. (laughs) But I was preaching. There's no such thing as a problem God can't fix. That's why I preached that night. There's no such thing as a valley God can't bring you out of. Proverbs 21, 30 says there's no counsel or wisdom or knowledge against the Lord. There's just nothing God, and I'm just going in every direction with it. Now I'm laying up in bed. They've gone to the airport. Now I'm laying there saying, well, I sure did preach good. But I'm stuck here in Malaysia. And I was getting frustrated. And some of my friends like to give me a hard time because I get under the covers and the lower I get, the higher the covers come until I get them over my head. I was in the bed with the covers over my head saying, man, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I said, God, all I need is a passport so I can go home to my family. That doesn't seem like too much to ask. About five minutes later, my phone rings. Nick said, hey, bro, I just got to the airport, went to check in, handed him my passport. She handed it back to me, said, that ain't you. I said, what? He said, I got your passport. Get to the airport fast as you can. He had checked in that. He said, I checked in this wallet twice. I don't know how it got here, but it's here, so come on. The flight was leaving at 2. They said I had to be there by 1 o'clock. It was 1230. Had a 45-minute drive to the airport. I, I was still in my clothes because I was so upset about everything. I just got in bed. I jumped up, suitcases were there, ran downstairs. I'm telling the concierge, I need a taxi now. He said, we got to go out here and call one. We walked out the doors of the hotel. There's a taxi sitting there. I've been in out that door all week. I never saw a taxi sitting in front of me. There he sat. I just opened the door and jumped in and said, get me to the airport fast as you can. He went driving like a wild man. He's in and out, sweet weaving. I'm holding on in the back, flying around the back seat. I didn't care. Get me there. Had to go through three toll booths. 45-minute drive. He got me there in about 35 minutes. They said, if you can get here by 105, we'll wait five minutes. I didn't get there to 110. I come in, the lights were out. But wouldn't you know, when I walked through the doorway of the airport, it was the first desk, 15 feet away. I said, I'm here. She said, hurry up. Lights were out. Everybody's gone. She was getting ready to leave. She reached over, pushed the button. She said, I got your passport. I already checked you in. said, but I, I'll put your luggage through. She put the luggage through. She said, you got to hurry. I, I ran down there, got in front of some people to get through my documents. 
Went downstairs, went the wrong way. Had to turn around, come back. By the time I come back, just as I was getting to the security belt to put my luggage through, about 20 people come and got in front of me. Just kind of pushed themselves in front of me. I thought, well, I need to get up there, but I ain't going to start no fight here. So I just stood in the back. I'm standing in the back of that line, and the security guy up there leaned out like this. He said, hey, you. I went, he said, go over there. I looked over there. There's another belt. But there ain't nobody there. Lights are out. I just did. I walked over there. As I'm walking to the belt, I don't know where this man came from. A man come walking from that side over to it. By the time I got there, he turned the belt on. I threw my stuff up. I was the first one through. A bunch of them people came on. I get through there, get on the train. Would you believe, while I'm getting over there, they delayed the flight 15 minutes. I got there just in time. From the moment Nick called me in the hotel to the moment I'm sitting in my seat, took me about 55 minutes. If one thing had not happened like it did, I'd have missed the flight. If I'd have found the passport in the hotel room, it wouldn't have worked. It had to be there. Do you believe what you want to believe? I believe an angel put that passport in here. He said, I looked in there twice. We don't know how he got it. And I love my buddy Nick, but if you knew him, you wouldn't let him hold your passport. He's the last person I'd have gave it to for safekeeping. I don't know how he got it. I believe an angel gave it to him. Because God was just reminding me, preacher, I can fix anything. Even when it looks too late. I don't know who I'm prophesying to right now. I'm telling you it ain't too late. There's a way. There's some kind of a way in God's providence. It's beyond me. I can't tell you how. I just say in God's providence, he'll fix it or he'll fix you or he'll fix something. And when I make this statement of prophecy over this church, and when I finish, I'd like every one of you to just say amen. In Jesus' name, so be it. I want you to accept the word that I've come to release. By the authority of God's word, by the power of the name Jesus, in obedience to your command that I am to go forth and tell the good things that the Lord has done, I release to this congregation and people such as I have been given, I release blessing upon you. I release the new season upon you. The word the Lord gave me, your season of wilderness is over. I release to you now. And the season of your wilderness is over. The voice of the Lord will be more prevalent, louder, easier to hear. Your ears will be open to hear the word of the Lord. Your eyes will be more focused to see the manifestation of God's power, miracles, and glory. The season of emptiness is gone. The time that his word was hid is gone. The silence of the heavens is over. Heaven is rumbling now. The words will be spoken now. You're going to hear them when you pray. God's opening your eyes, opening your ears, opening your heart. I speak blessing upon your family, blessing upon your body, blessing upon your finances. And may all of that be a blessing upon this church and upon this ministry for the work of the kingdom to win lost souls and reap a great harvest of souls into this church before the end time. And if you agree with all of that, Say amen. amen. Say in Jesus' name. Say so be it. Say I receive it. 
Lift your hands one more time and give God praise for it. I receive it.